Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. and head coach, Kay Doctor. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Kay, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, very, uh, I feel very privileged to get some time with you during your busy, you know, broadcasting schedule. So I'm really looking forward to this as well. Well, come on, it's a break for both of us from some tape, right? Wouldn't you rather have a conversation about hoops instead of just watching it in your office by yourself all the time? You know it. I would love to have a little bit more insight. You know, I just got done breaking down some Bradley film and Illinois State's on the docket too. So this is a good, uh, you know, 20 minute reprieve here. Yeah, this is going to be good because uh, I had a chance to watch your team this weekend and the win over Drake. So I, uh, I enjoyed watching it because you guys moved the ball and Allison yeah. Day and Maya Chandler and Bree Bay, uh, Bay Hampton, Hampton Bay. Hampton Bay, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, those three are really good together. They move the ball. They play well together. Um, what do you like about your team right now? I love their resiliency. Um, you know, we fought through, like most teams right now, a little bit of difficulty with some COVID stuff after Christmas and um, didn't perform our best during the opening weekend. And, you know, they just bounced back against a really good Drake team. And, you know, I even thought uh, yesterday in our loss to UNI, they still fought and fought and fought. And, um you know, those three players you mentioned, Maya, Allison, and Bree, they just play well off of each other. And um, we missed that the first weekend without Bree there. And um, we were just really happy to have her back. And it feels like we're getting a little bit of momentum going again. Well, the thing that struck me about Allison's game is that she is a competitor now. She wants the ball. And she yeah. wanted the ball in the big moments in the game. Tell, tell us how that resolve comes about or you like the resilience. Where does that come from? You know, with Allison, her success is because she had failed so many times before. And we had put her in a lot of positions early in her career as a freshman where, um, you know, all freshmen think they want that moment, but not all of them are equipped to handle it. And so Allison had some flashes of success early in her career and then got beat up pretty good because the Valley is difficult. Um, but she just stuck with it and that competitive nature where, you know, she decided she didn't want to get beat up anymore and she knew she was talented, uh, drove her to get better. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing now. And she had a great game to follow up uh, against Northern Iowa too. It just felt like things fell into place. And um, again, against a really good defensive team, a team that's well coached too. So um, it's, it's because of her failures and it's because she decided to work at it. I love that. You know, like um, not everyone is willing to let their people fail, especially in today's society. But as parents, we know that our kids have to go through some measure of failure so they can learn and then decide for themselves. We can tell them as much as we want about what it might be like or, you know, try to protect them as much as we can. But if you don't let them try, yeah. they're never going to grow. Is that where Allison's mindset is? Yeah. And I think that's something that we believe as a program and we're really open about it when we recruit players, you know, like parents, let your kids come to us and let them fail. It's going to be hard. And, you know, I think as a parent myself, there's so much problem solving that happens and you learn how to be more proactive and solution oriented when you, you make mistakes. And I was like that as a player, 
I've been lucky enough to have good bosses here that have let me fail and figure it out. And I I'm better because of it. And that's what we do here with our players is um, a little bit of trial by fire, not too much, right? We don't want to destroy their confidence, but you know, we want to give them the ability to figure it out on their own too. Uh, Illinois State's in first place. You got them coming up. Missouri State has the best home record. You got the second best home record. Why? That's a good question. I think we are really happy to have some fans back in Gentile Arena after not having them for an entire year. Um, and I just think that there's a sense of comfort, you know, being at home. Um, and it's strange because we do most of our practicing in our, our practice facility. So we don't, it's not that we don't want main arena gym time. We just were comfortable up there. So I, it's, I couldn't find a statistic to give you an, or a rhyme or a reason as to why we're playing better at home sometimes than we are on the road. But um, yeah, I, I did just think they're a little bit more comfortable. So I referenced the way you guys move the ball and you've got a couple of really good numbers. So I want to get your take on this concept. I'm, um, you know, it's evolving for me as I watch teams play and I, I, I've never looked at it this way. So I want to get your two cents on it sure. right now. You guys assist on 59% of your baskets. That's a really high number. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to me, that automatically makes me believe you move the ball. Well, you pass it. Well, you take shots that are in your system. You know, you guys are pretty connected on that end. The second part of that is that you offensive rebound about 34% of your misses. That's a pretty good number. You know, yeah. a team like South Carolina offensive rebounds 48% of their misses, but that's because South Carolina is number one in the country in offensive rebound. Okay. Right. So here's the correlation assisted baskets to offensive rebounding percentage. I'm looking at it through that lens thinking if you're taking shots, you're supposed to, it gives you a better chance to offensive rebound and not give up anything in transition. What do you think when you hear those two concepts together? It's exactly what we tell our players um, and why we get upset with players when they don't take shots that they're supposed to and they pass up good possessions. Uh, you know, we talk all the time offensively, don't pass up a great shot to find a good shot. Um, you know, we'll just talk like Maya specifically. Everyone knows when Maya can get to 15 feet, that shot should go up. And so they're prepared to offensive rebound it. They know the same thing about Allison Day. They know the same thing about Sam Galanopoulos. We work really hard on being connected with where each other is good and putting each other in those positions to find success on the floor. Um, and that gives us a better ability to, to offensive rebound it for sure. We talk about it all the time. The other part of that, Kate, is that, uh, you know, I talk about the three W's of a good point guard, who to get the ball to, when and where. When you have an assisted basket number like 59%, that means that you, exactly the way you described it, everyone does know personnel well. You got to know the scout for the other team on how to defend it, but you also need to know your own scout so you can score. For sure. Yeah, we talk about that all the time too. And we try and put our players in positions with how we do our drill work. Um you know, to allow our point guards to find each other. And certainly some of what we run is tailored to that, you know, like we're keeping certain players on certain parts of the floor. And uh, we write, we like a lot of middle and wing ball screen stuff from Maya because that's where she's good, you know, just as an example. Um, but it's all about what you practice and put into motion. And, you know, if you don't practice it, it's not going to translate well on the floor and it's something that we believe in. If I was having a clinic tomorrow morning and I needed you to give me a chalk talk session, what would be your top topic that you'd want to break down for me? Um, you know, I, we teach ball screens. We teach a lot of really good ball screens. I'd probably, honestly, 
talk something about our post game, um, about how we teach our post to face up and we like getting in space and, you know, utilizing two hard dribbles um, and then making a counter from there. Um, because I think our post game has evolved over the course of the last six years here to be really good. And, um, you know, it's, it's really easy to talk about sharing the basketball, but if you don't have the right pieces for the ball to go to, then who cares if you're sharing it? Right. So um, I talk about that. And then I probably talk about our defense because, you know, ironically as a player, I cared mostly about offense and my former coaches would tell you the same thing. And our defense turns out to be one of the best parts about our program. We don't talk about defense on any. <laughs> I knew, that's every, why I didn't bring it up do, first. So. <laughs> yeah. You have to bring it up first. Cause I'm not bringing it up. Uh, <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about the impact of the Chicago sky in your community and them winning the championship on top of their impact. Uh, just so you know, I picked them in May. As soon as Candace Parker went over there, I knew they were going to win. I have so much confidence in yeah. Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley. I just knew that with Candace, that was the piece that they needed. Um, what's the impact been like on your players or on your community? What have you seen? Well, we took them to one of the WNBA championship games. Um, I forget, maybe it might've been like game two or three in the series when Phoenix was here. And, um, you know, I just to see women operating at such a high level with such a, a large amount of confidence is, is very impactful. And, um, you know, when they were able to see how much support the Chicago sky had, they, it just like upped everything for us that people care about women's basketball and, um, you know, we got a really good initial push from that, but we've started to study players within the Chicago Sky or organization because our players had watched them and are easily relatable to them. And you're like, you brought up Courtney Vandersloop. I don't think, and I love my point guard, Sam, I don't think that she's Courtney Vandersloop, but I think that there are a lot of things that she can learn and watching from her. And I read this really great article about Courtney when she first came into the league, wasn't sure if she could do it. And then just decided she was going to be great at these few things. And, you know, that's something that we talked with Sam about. And, you know, when you've got that great example, just a couple miles away, it's easy to relate to. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's titled, it, it's title town. It's a really cool yeah. vibe in Chicago. Um, we hope that the bulls keep it going because the bulls are great right now too. And, um, yeah, it, it just was a really cool moment and empowering moment for women, um, especially in the city of Chicago. Yeah, there's a lot of great storylines about that Chicago franchise that I absolutely love. And I yeah. think that's why um, knowing the, the background of Courtney Vandersloot and where she came from playing at Gonzaga and, you know, an undersized point guard and then Allie Quigley, great shooter for DePaul from Chicago. Her storyline is just amazing how many times she failed before she actually hit it. And yeah. they're just two great people that represent our game so well. Okay, speaking of great people, you can't talk to anybody about at Loyola without asking about Sister Jean. <laughs> What's going on with Sister Jean, Kate? I, you know, I talked to her this morning. Uh, I was down in Damon Student Center and she was just sitting in her office writing emails. Um, she, we just recapped the weekend briefly and, you know, our men's team had a very exciting overtime win. And she said in her recap to them, she was like, you guys, we can't keep doing, we can't get down 16. We gotta, you know, keep it together. And I was like, sister Jean, you gotta tell them it's not good for your heart. We're trying to keep you around. And, um, but we talked Did about she recap. Program. She recapped all the games with you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What did she send you a scouting report or what? No, she usually sends us, um, you know, just about our resolve, um, what she liked about, you know, 
of the game. And usually there's a comment in there about the officiating because she's always very critical <laughs> about the officials. Um, but she she is very, very sharp and she knows everything. You know, like we, we stood there and we talked basketball and for a second and then she goes, how are your kids? What's going on with them? Is everybody healthy? You know, like she is as sharp as they come. Um, so, and she's very kind and you just feel better after you talk to her. So she's good. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the challenge. I want sister Jean on my podcast. How do I get that? Can you make that happen I, for me? Yeah, I think we can try. I, she loves basketball. She would okay. love to talk about hoops, man. Well, then maybe she will be willing to give us some of her time and be gracious enough to spend some time. I'm going to be after you for that one. That would I'll be fun. I'll have to talk to her publicist because she's got people that have people that have people. So we'll see yeah. what we can do. Hook me up. Yeah. Hook me up, Kate. Okay. I need Sister Jean. I'm going to write it I down. I always, always use a little divine intervention anyway in the way I go <laughs> we, about we that. We all can. Yet, so. yeah. <laughs> um, so you and I have something that's in common that not many people would know, and maybe they do know, and maybe no one has just ever heard us talk about it, but I have my son, Frankie, who is the middle of my three boys. He has Down syndrome. He's a senior at Clemson in the Clemson Life Program. As a matter of fact, this is his last semester there, so he's going to graduate uh, with a job and live at Clemson next year, so it's pretty amazing, and it's been a quite, quite a journey. Yeah. But you're getting ready and you have launched your own journey with Reese. Now, I know you have Archie, but um, you, you have Reese and your daughter was born with Down syndrome. Tell us a little bit about how things are going for you and your family. Um, they're great. They're great. And uh, Reese, the journey with Reese is very different than the journey with Archie, although he has his own things, you know, like all kids do. Um, but it's just been, it's been a wild ride. You know, if and maybe you can relate to this, we, we received Reese's diagnosis prenatally. And, you know, as a parent, you always have fears for your children. And there's a different set of fears that come with the phrase Down syndrome, because most of it is, is perception and uneducated. Uh, there's a lack of information. And, you know, if I could go back and tell myself, you know, for all the difficulties we've had, we've had 10 times the amount of joy and pride and love with Reese, um, I could like, I'm just getting goosebumps talking about her because she's so special. Um, and now she's getting to the age where she's smart and sassy and has this attitude. And you're like, what happened to my sweet little peanut? Like, you know, she's running around the house and she's got a pair of pom-poms and she watches all of our games. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really great journey and it will continue to be a journey for sure. But, um, yeah, Reese is very special. Well, you know, you can count on me. I'm here for you because I have been through it. I have been to the highs and to the lows and I am a fighter like you and I have advocated for my son for 24 years and I will continue to do so. But I say I run my mouth and he delivers. And he <laughs> and can I tell you a good story real quick about Reese? Yeah. So we, um, she goes to preschool here at Loyola, which is just like from a Perfect. comfort man, it's awesome. Um, and her teachers are outstanding and they work with her and she is in the little adventurer's classroom. They're all two years old and, you know, trending up. And Reese is nonverbal right now. Um, she communicates with sign language, but for the most part, you know what she wants. And, you know, one of those fears you have as a parent when your child is different is will they be able to form typical peer relationships? You know, like she can't communicate right now. Can she make friends 
what does it look like for her on a daily basis? And the other day I'm dropping her off at school and we're behind one of her little classmates and, um, you know, they say, hi, Reese. And the mom turns around to me and goes, I made Reese pancakes for breakfast this morning. And I kind of looked at her and she was like, Lewis insisted that Reese have some pancakes too. So I should make some extra. And I was like, yeah, man, like just a win for the day. You know, like there's no Reese loves pancakes on top of it. So that's kind of an ironic thing, but like her peers, she's part of the group, you know, like she fits mm -hmm. in and they don't see her as different because they're sweet little children that just see each other for, you know, they play with each other and there are no differences. And um, I just, it was like a mom win moment where I was like, okay, she's going to be okay. Like I can let this go. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. You're, we could, we could unpack a lot here and I, I'm going to save you from all of my <laughs> stories for another time. But uh, I have thought about doing a podcast uh, with parents that have children with uh, special abilities, because I think it gives us a unique perspective on the game, how we approach sport, where sport fits in our lives, uh, why sport is important. And there's a lot of different things there. So I, I, I'm going to hold you on the hook for that one too, Kate. That's two I, more podcasts you're going to be responsible I for. I am in for that one for sure. You have been a supporter from the beginning of 24 Hours Nothing But Net, which is uh, my Special Olympic fundraiser, which I am going to continue to do. Uh, and eventually I'm going to get the state of Illinois behind me. And you're going to be a big part of that, along with Doug Bruno, Joe McEwen, yeah. uh, the Quigleys. Yeah. Um, Kristen Gillespie, the state of Illinois is going to really step in. I know because they all, all of you share uh, some commonality with appreciating people with special needs. Yeah. And you talk about that group of coaches, great human beings too. You know, like not only can they all coach their butts off, they're great people. Yes. They're great. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's, let's branch off into, you know, the season's getting ready to, to get into high, high speed, really speed, you know, because of conference yeah. play, but then we get to the spring. And then you and I also have something in common that we love to do, and that is to play golf. We're both yeah. avid golfers. Yeah. Big How's time. that single digit working for you? Well, that single digit handicap that you're carrying around. I tell you what, my sister for Christmas got me some simulator time at the Chicago School of Golf. It's like right down the street from my house. So, uh, you know, we play Thursday, Saturday this week. And so I'm going to have a Sunday to myself instead of sitting there digging into film. So I might get in a, I might get in a simulator this weekend. You got to do it. You got to do yeah. it. Um, 10 free throws or 10 three foot putts. Which one are you going to have a higher percentage of? Free throws for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think me too. Yeah, <laughs> me too. What are you most looking forward to as um, we get deeper into conference play? You got quite a schedule and, and you already mentioned it. The Valley is really good. I, I have known that for decades and I have enjoyed covering the Valley because the competition is so good. What are you looking forward to? just that I think you know we hit Missouri State we just got Drake we just got you and I and Southern's playing good basketball too you know there's no reprieve so I think I'm looking forward to the surprises of the rest of the season because there are going to be some games that you, you're like whoa and then there are going to be some games that you expect to be you know the result that they are so um, I, I can't wait to see how my team handles that you know, what kind of maturity and execution they, they're ready to bring to the grueling Valley schedule. But, um, you know, I, I think, and I've always felt this way, the Valley is really good. And I can't wait to see the continued product that we're all able to put together because it it is a league full of really good coaches and a lot of really good women coaches. So it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a good season. 
just the tip of the iceberg with us, Kate. We've got a lot more to dive in at another time, but thank you so much for joining me on the Missouri Valley. Power of 20 minutes. I don't know what we should call it, but I'm sure that the office can come up with something else better than what I can come up with. But uh, I, I enjoyed this part of my week. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, I really appreciate it too. And thanks for tuning in last week and catching us against Drake.